Hi everyone, Samantha Tuttle here, your host of the On Earth Podcast. Happy New Year, welcome to 2023. I'm so excited to finally get this project off the ground and cannot wait to see where this journey leads. Thank you for giving your time to listen and to be a part of this dream I've been carrying around in my heart for years. I I can't believe I get to say this. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. These first few episodes are going to build upon one another, and I, I decided that, of course, the foundational episode has to be on the subject of wonder and awe. I love this definition of wonder and awe. Awe is what we feel when faced with something sublime, exceptional, or altogether beyond comprehension. There are these two researchers, Ulrich Weger and Johannes Wegemann, and they explain wonder in all this way. They say, wonder inspires the wish to understand, awe inspires the wish to let shine, to acknowledge and to unite. When feeling awe, we tend to simply stand back and observe, to provide a stage for the phenomenon to shine. A few years ago, I picked up my worn out copy of Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. I was just flipping through it, looking at what I had decided to underline uh, along the way years ago. And I didn't get very far because the last paragraph on page two grabbed my attention and actually became the catalyst that led to this podcast finally becoming a reality. And so I really wanted to read this to you because it is just so foundational to the work that I'm doing today. On page two, at the very bottom, last paragraph, Eckhart Tolle says, seeing beauty in a flower could awaken humans, however briefly, to the beauty that is an essential part of their own innermost being, their true nature. The first recognition of beauty was one of the most significant events in the evolution of human consciousness. The feelings of joy and love are intrinsically connected to that recognition. Without our fully realizing it, flowers would become for us an expression and form of that which is most high, most sacred, and ultimately formless within ourselves. My first thought when rereading these words was that there had to be a moment in time and in history when humanity first recognized and experienced beauty. And so I started researching what evolutionary biologists have discovered and I quickly became disappointed because I didn't really find all that much. Technically, I still haven't found a specific answer. But my research did lead me to the work of a few scientists who study wonder and awe. Now, I'm an Enneagram 5, so it didn't take long for me to completely fall down this rabbit hole. You know wonder and awe. I know wonder and awe. If I asked you to recall a moment in your life that left you speechless or a moment that gave you goosebumps all over, there's not an able-bodied person on this planet who couldn't do that. I imagine I would hear stories about the moment your newborn took its first breath and let out that very first cry, or the first time you experienced the northern lights, the breathtaking sight of the Grand Canyon, or even something as simple as the sunset on your way home from work. And you don't have to scroll very far on your social media account during the summer to see pictures of people's vacations. We don't, we don't want to sit at home during our vacations. We want to go somewhere. We're We're driven to seek out opportunities to experience wonder and awe. 
Now, last summer, my husband, Mike, and I, we took our kids to St. John in the Virgin Islands. My first trip there was when I was in college and I was taking a tropical marine ecology class and we got to do our own research projects during the two weeks we were there. My professors, they knew the island like the back of their hands and I did my best to memorize every square inch so that I could return someday and experience it again with others. So several trips later, our kids are finally old enough to fully appreciate this experience and the number one thing on our son's to-do list was to swim with a sea turtle. Mike and I, we knew exactly where to go to find them. Let me tell you if you don't already know this, there's personally experiencing wonder and awe, and then there's experiencing your kids experiencing wonder and awe. I'll do my best to describe this scene. The weather, the weather was perfect. There was hardly anybody else around. The water was almost completely still. It was that kind of blue you see on a postcard. We put on our snorkeling gear and we started scanning across the seagrass along the bottom for any signs of sea turtles. And after a few minutes, we didn't just find one. Over the course of that morning, we saw like four or five green sea turtles and it was off the charts amazing. Time felt like it literally stopped. You, you've had those moments. You know that feeling when you're so tuned in with the present moment that you feel connected to the whole universe. Honestly, to even try and describe this with words, it doesn't even come close to what actually happened. But it was amazing. It was emotional. And I know it is a core memory that none of us are ever going to forget. Until recently, here's what I didn't know. I, I didn't know the extent to which experiencing wonder and awe is wired into our DNA. You and I, we are literally hardwired to experience wonder and awe. I'm going to share with you some of what I've discovered and, and really we're only just scratching the surface here. And then I'm going to wrap this episode up with why any of this matters for us in our 21st century world. The first two things are the most obvious. Experiencing wonder and awe makes you feel connected to something bigger than yourself and creates an awareness of who you are among the created order. These are those moments when you're lucky enough to get away from the city lights and stare at a night sky filled with more stars than you've ever seen in your life. I call this the, the Milky Way moments because it's so easy to feel like an insignificant grain of sand in comparison to everything that's out there. I have walking through a redwood forest on my bucket list. Many of those trees are over 2,000 years old, which means our lives are just a blip on the timeline of a redwood tree. Did you ever watch that series with Neil deGrasse Tyson called Cosmos? It came out like nine, maybe 10 years ago. Neil deGrasse Tyson uses this cosmic calendar created by Carl Sagan that it takes all of the time the cosmos has existed and it compresses it into like one calendar year. January 1st obviously represents the Big Bang and then each month of the year represents about one billion years. We humans don't even show up on this calendar until the last few hours of December 31st. I went back and watched the scene and Tyson says this about... 14 seconds until midnight on the cosmic calendar, 
writing was invented as a way to communicate. Moses was born seven seconds ago. Buddha, six seconds ago. Jesus, five seconds ago. Muhammad, three seconds ago. And the two sides of the earth only found each other two seconds ago on the cosmic calendar. I'm telling you, this kind of stuff is almost impossible to try and even process. Okay, here's the third thing, which I've already mentioned. Experiencing wonder and awe is in our DNA at a cellular level. We evolved to experience it in order to survive as a species. Now, wonder and awe isn't just for those moments that fill us with good feelings. It also includes those moments that fill us with fear. Think about the earliest humans in history. They would have figured out real quick that thunder and lightning meant rain. They would have learned the seasons of the year and when thunder and lightning meant get to higher ground or you're going to get swept away by a flood. The point in all this is we can't ignore those moments that scare the hell out of us because that fear serves the purpose of keeping us alive. Now, numbers four, five, and six, they go closely together. And this is where things get really interesting. Wonder and awe moves us to be less obsessed with ourself and more aware of how we can work together collectively. They motivate us towards cooperation and unity and they increase our respect and care for the collective. If you think of early tribes, they would have learned quickly that everyone had a role to play. Someone else's survival affected your own. And so they hunted in groups, they traveled in groups, and fought to defend their tribe together as a group. All right, if you're still with me, give yourself a pat on the back. I know I've just fire hosed you with a lot of information, but I promise all of this is going somewhere. A lot of this information comes from the work of Dasher Keltner, who's a psychology professor at the University of California, Berkeley. His latest book, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life, ironically, comes out tomorrow. I'll put a link in the show notes as well as the TED Talk that he did a few years back. Anyway, he and his team decided to see if they could find where awe originates in the brain. And so they decided to put people on one of those fMRI scanners and show them pictures and then, and then see what parts of the brain light up. This was so fascinating. When they showed pictures of things like cake or pizza or money, it lit up the part of the brain that registers reward and anticipation. In other words, self-interest. Images of harm and suffering lit up the amygdala, which is where compassion is found in the brain. The images that they used to create feelings of awe activated the left orbital frontal cortex. Get this. This is the area of the brain that lights up when you are physically touched. Side note, they've also discovered that feeling wonder and awe also triggers the release of the bonding hormone oxytocin. This is the hormone that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy towards others and, and drives you to move closer to them. Now think about what happens in our body when both of these things are happening simultaneously. According to Kettner, this part of the brain that gets activated when we experience awe is centrally involved in approach and goal-directed action. It is activated in instances 
in which people reflect upon their own internal experience. This means that although you and I can feel completely insignificant while staring at the Milky Way, we also have the capacity to be consciously aware of that. We can stand there in those moments and contemplate our very existence. We can re-examine our life's purpose and have one of those Robin Williams, Carpe Diem, Dead Poet Society moments. We have the capacity to recognize the paradox that not only we are in the universe, but that the universe is also in us. Think about this. There's an energy that is created when groups of people come together for a common purpose. You feel it at football games, uh, concerts, protests, in the aftermath of a natural disaster. You watch it in action when you witness like those flocks of starlings that are flying together in perfect synchronicity. Do you remember that picture that went viral years ago of all those trucks pulling boats heading down to Florida to offer hurricane relief? or the baby strollers left at a train station in Poland for Ukrainian moms who fled with their children last year? Have you ever watched a video of someone who has fallen on hard times receive a generous gift that turns their whole life around? That feeling in your chest and, and throat that's typically followed by tears, that is the result of your vagus nerve being activated. Simply observing good things happening to someone else has the power to activate the longest cranial nerve in your body. It's, it's hardwired in your DNA and, and dates back to our earliest ancestors and their instinctual drive to survive. Now, why does any of this matter? It matters because we are facing more challenges on this planet than we ever have in the history of our existence. I'm just going to go ahead and like list a bunch of them. Global warming, pollution, overproduction of plastics, deforestation, animals going extinct, politics, poverty, immigration, healthcare, a global pandemic, racism, sexism, classism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia. And we as a species, we are more divided than ever. And so I would argue that it is uh, absolutely essential for us to seek out how we can work together collectively. And I would argue that intentionally seeking out moments of wonder and awe each and every day is a huge piece of the puzzle that has been missing for a very, very long time. Let me explain. One of the central themes on this podcast will be me doing my best to bring awareness to how an outdated understanding of God continues to play a central role in all the challenges that I just listed. In early human history, what or who was the source of wonder and awe? It was God or the gods up in the sky. Science didn't exist yet. And who were the gatekeepers and the stewards of wonder and awe? It was the religious leaders, which later included the religious institutions. I'm, I'm a seminary graduate. I, I'm an ordained pastor. I've served in churches large and small. I've participated in all those conversations about how to get more people in the pews on Sunday morning. I'm telling you, that conversation is not only boring and based on fear and scarcity, it's the wrong question. Next week, I'm going to tell you what we should be asking instead. But for now, 
I'm going to leave you with a different question to get you thinking about next week's conversation. If you're a churchgoer on Sunday mornings or if you've ever been to a garden variety worship service, how often do you or did you leave with an overwhelming sense of wonder and awe? The kind of wonder and awe that makes you feel so connected to the source of being and to those around you that you're ready to spring into action, not just because it's a primal instinct for your own survival, but because you're so filled with so much love and divine energy that you literally cannot help yourself. You have to participate in bringing more healing and wholeness to the world. That's where we're going over the next few weeks. I hope you'll join me. 2023 has so much potential. Namaste, my friends. <laughs>